Today, Kazakhstan shuns Russia, the Swedish Prime Minister gets help from the military, and Jens Stoltenberg meets Zelensky. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 29th of September 2023. The President of Kazakhstan has stated that his country will not help Russia bust sanctions imposed since it invaded Ukraine last year, amid fear among Western nations that some sanctions are being circumvented through Central Asia. Following a meeting with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz in Berlin, Kazakh President Kasim Jamat Tokayev said that his country has unambiguously stated that it will follow the sanctions regime, and added that we have contacts with the relevant organisations to comply with the sanctions regime, and I think there should not be any concern on the German side about possible actions aimed at circumventing the sanctions regime. Central Asian countries like Kazakhstan, who have strong economic and military ties with Russia, as former Soviet states, were somewhat rattled by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and Kazakhstan has since sought to distance itself from Moscow, including by refusing to recognise the annexed territories in eastern and southern Ukraine as part of Russia. In addition to the statement on sanctions, President Takayev said that Kazakhstan was ready to increase oil supplies to Germany, with Chancellor Olaf Scholz highlighting that Kazakhstan is an important partner for us to broaden our supply channels and to make us independent of Russian energy supplies. The AFP has reported that pro-Kremlin propagandists have repeatedly suggested or threatened that Kazakhstan could be next in the Kremlin's sights after Ukraine. However, President Takayev dismissed any fears about this, saying the border between Kazakhstan and Russia has been set out, largely demarcated, confirmed and ratified by the parliaments of both countries. We therefore have no concerns about Russia's territorial claims. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. This morning, the Swedish Prime Minister Ulf Christensen has announced that he'll hold talks with the head of the Swedish Armed Forces and the Police Commissioner about ways to stop gang violence. This month alone, 11 people have been killed as a result of gang attacks. On Thursday, Christensen made an address to the country, in which he said that Sweden has never before seen anything like this, and that no other country in Europe is seeing anything like this. Speaking about a specific case, he added, a 25-year-old woman went to bed last night on a completely ordinary evening, but never got to wake up. We will hunt the gangs, we will defeat the gangs. Right now, it's not clear exactly how the military will resolve the issue, although some have suggested that they could take some duties away from police officers. This would, in turn, free the police officers up and give them more time and resources to fight other crimes. It's also not clear whether, if they do go for this approach, it'll be enough. It's been estimated by the police that there are around 30,000 people in Sweden that are directly involved or have ties to gang crime. Yesterday, the NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg held a joint press conference with embattled Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky. In this meeting, the NATO chief claimed that Ukrainian forces were gradually gaining ground and that every meter that Ukrainian forces regain is a meter that Russia loses. He also spoke about the motivations of the fighters on both sides, saying that Ukrainians are fighting for their families, their future, their freedom. Moscow is fighting for imperial delusions. 
Stoltenberg also made his views clear on the possibility of Ukraine joining NATO. He stated that it's just a matter of time until Ukraine is welcomed into the bloc and that we're doing everything to bring this time closer. Also yesterday, Zelensky met with the head of the British Armed Forces, Admiral Sir Tony Radikin, who also claimed that Putin has lost control of the war he started and Russia is diminished as a consequence. Clearly, yesterday was a busy day of meetings for Mr Zelensky. In a massive Forbes article this week, it's been revealed that workers at ByteDance, the company that owns TikTok, have been able to access the friends lists of anybody on the platform, including the Bidens, members of Congress and international celebrities. Now, while it's true that all social media platforms will have tools that allow some workers to access granular information about users, this often comes with controls on who can access these tools and why. Forbes claims that what sets TikTok apart is the apparent lack of controls that exist on such intimate data, the ease with which it can be mined by workers who don't need access to it, and the inferences staff can make about individual users and their social circles from the data. These concerns are only heightened by the fact that the app is owned by a Chinese company and how the Chinese government may interact with it. This has already happened at other social media sites, with Twitter's head of security last year telling the US government that it had discovered spies and foreign agents on its payroll. Understandably, some are wondering, if it happened at Twitter, could it happen at TikTok? An arrest has been made here in the UK following the deliberate felling of a famous tree that sat behind Hadrian's Wall for nearly 200 years. The tree sat in the middle of Sycamore Gap and was made famous by its appearance in the 1991 Kevin Costner film Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's now known as one of the most photographed trees in Britain. In fact, back in 2016, it was voted the English Tree of the Year in the Woodland Trust's awards. Following its illegal felling, Superintendent Kevin Waring of Northumbria Police said, This is a world-renowned landmark and the events of today have caused significant shock, sadness and anger throughout the local community and beyond. There is some hope that the tree could technically survive. John Stokes of the Tree Council said, It's very difficult to know if it will survive for sure, as I haven't seen it in person, but it's worth having hope. At this time of the year, trees begin to store energy in their roots for the next year's growing season, and it's possible that the tree may grow some new shoots next spring. A 16-year-old boy was arrested in connection with the felling. In the final uplifting story today, we discuss Netflix DVDs. Back when the company was first founded, Netflix actually sent physical DVDs to their customers, similar to Blockbuster. They ran this service for more than 25 years, and this year have decided that it's time to end it. However, in a final thank you to their customers who do still use their DVD service, Netflix will allow them to keep their final DVDs instead of returning them. Each customer can keep up to 10 as a goodbye present. Finally, I just wanted to remind everyone that time is running out to pre-order our physical newspaper too long. Regular viewers will know all about this, but essentially we're making a physical newspaper for the end of the year, and the last day you can pre-order a copy is this Sunday. Also, as an exclusive bonus for this pre-sale, if you pick up the editor's package, you'll not only get the newspaper, but you'll also get access to our fortnightly video podcast, The Bullpen, where we discuss the writing of the paper and let you vote for the topics you want to see covered inside. 
If you want more information, then the announcement video is linked in the description. And if you want to place an order, then this is the last time we'll be announcing it. So click the link in the description before you forget. Thanks so much and have a great weekend.